Hi, my name is Trista. I'm an eighth grader at South Milwaukee Middle School. I'm currently working on daylight hours in science class. My favorite subject in school is math, and when I graduate, I'm planning on being an artist. And I most look for I'm most looking forward to um, theater in high school. Thank you, Trista, for helping us start the SMY podcast. I'm your host, Dan Bader, the communication coordinator for the school district of South Milwaukee. Middle school is where we bring this episode, specifically to a new program called Foundations for Success. A listener asked us to explore this class, and unlike our other topics in previous episodes, this is one that is new to me. In fact, it's completely new to everyone, and it speaks to a need our teachers and staff see in the district. Any job you have in your career, I don't care if it's hands-on like construction, or in an office setting, or anywhere in between, Employees who are most successful can manage their stress productively and in a healthy way uh, and respond appropriately to setbacks and manage conflict with coworkers. Having a grasp of these skills may well determine if you keep a job, if you get promoted, and how easy it is to find another job if you need to. In our personal lives, these abilities help us make and keep friends and cope with what life throws at you. Our guest today is a teacher who developed the Foundations for Success class, Heidi Nairn. Um, well, Heidi, thank you for being on our podcast uh, and for coming to tell us about Foundations for Success. Um, before we get started, I always uh, ask a teacher what their big why is. Um, so can you share with us why why you teach? Sure. Thanks for asking me to come in. Um, it's pretty exciting to be able to kind of share who I am because I'm a pretty quiet person normally by choice (laughs) um, and sometimes by necessity. Um, I started to go into teaching more so because I loved literature and I loved studying the human condition and stories, uh, which led to a lot of theater and studying the human condition and studying characters. And so I really wanted, because I thought you could always have really good discussions between uh, individuals as to kind of what would they have done in certain situations? How would have they have felt in certain situations? So kind of a, a twofold, you know, loving the idea of literature and how it's actually put together, but then also using that for great background for discussions on humanity. And what does that mean for other individuals? And it's funny because I originally wanted to teach high school. And that's what I was shooting for um, in the sense that uh, I thought, oh, I mean, this was how many years ago, you know, 20 years ago when I was trying to decide like what age, what age level. And uh, I just thought, oh, you can have really deep discussions, high school, they're ready for it. And then I substitute once for a seventh grade class. And I just had that feeling like, I was going to get that position. And I ended up getting it. And um, it was a little scary at first because I was not used to the middle school, like energy and the mindset. And I absolutely love it um, now. And I'm so glad that it kind of took me on that path because the middle school students are so creative, uh, so energetic, have a lot of why questions. And so you can create these deep conversations with them. Um, so that's really why I got into education, you know, is to, you know, be available for people, teach them something, you know, skills and strategies that they can use for the future, uh, regardless if it's literature or not, but literature is a great base for studying humanity. So tell me about, 
uh, Foundations for Success. How did it start? When did it start? <laughs> and did I say it wrong? No, you no, said it correctly. Right. Okay. I'm laughing because of the process of like how this started. And I was looking for something a little like a change of something different. I didn't know if I wanted to, you know, wait for high school opening to try something, but something just fresh and something new. And I made plugs here and there uh, for the mindfulness um, and how to incorporate that into like my classroom. But then I was seeing more of a need uh, for it with students and just individuals and how do you cope with things on a daily basis. And there's, there. I mean, I have a communication background, education background, theater background, and through all of these experiences and an art education background, I, all of those things put together, like you can create a huge class out of that mm-hmm. uh, in order to create self-awareness. Um, and so I just kind of kept dropping the mindfulness word, even though it's kind of one of those, what is mindfulness and what do you do with it? And um, I received a call this summer beginning and end of July, beginning of August, and my life changed within like 15 minutes. And I think Mr. Hendrickson was on a car ride home, and he asked if I was interested um, in a position uh, for, and he he used the word mindfulness, but the more we talked about it, and as we got together and planned, uh, we decided that Foundations for Success was actually the better term for it, um, in the sense that it's skills and strategies uh, and tools and opportunities and choices um, that students have within them, you know, resources they have within themselves, resources they have outside of themselves that they can use to be successful on a daily basis or outside of school or in future, mm-hmm. uh, depending. So... Sixth grade focuses on conflict resolution, um, as well as uh, everyday coping strategies for stress, understanding how stress affects the body. Mm -hmm. Um, Seventh grade focuses a little bit more on the actual emotion aspect. You know, having taught seventh grade for 16, 17 years, they're in that jumbly part, you know, where it's like, I'm, I'm feeling certain things. I don't know what I'm feeling. What is this? What do I do with it? You know, and how do I use it for positive um, positive responses, positive reactions, responses, everything. Um, still teaching coping strategies. And then eighth grade is really taking that, but then pushing it forward more. Okay, you're going to be going into high school eventually. Like taking a look at purpose. Like what are things you want to do? Um, how can you be successful at those with the emotions, with the body, with the mind? And how do you stay in positive framework um, so we offer them a lot of tools and strategies to be able just to give them seed planting in, in the sense like even if they never use the coping strategies right away in middle school, maybe further on down the road if they really need it, they can look back and be like, hey, you remember that one class where we laid out on the floor and we did all these breathing exercises, you know, mm-hmm. and I think it's um, I think it's beneficial to show that there's these different tools and strategies that people can use to be successful and just kind of adding it on. Sure. So maybe it'd be helpful to stop and think a little bit about what a middle schooler is, right? Um, because I've heard one a principal that I used to work with say they're uh, half of them are still um, elementary school students in you know inside, and they just want to play and do art and do you know do everything that you associate with um, the cuddly warmth of middle school or of, of elementary school, and then the other one are these preteens that are kind of erupting into the next stage of their life. Um, what, what, how would you define them? So, oh, it's, it's such a, a gamut. Um, 
I, you know, I took the advice of one of my teachers from high school when I told her that I was teaching middle school. And she goes, just remember, they're, they're basically big kids, you know, and it's so exploratory, you know, at this age and the changes and the shape changing that happens physically, mentally, um, all of these different things. And you have students who, you know, need the encouragement to understand conflict resolution and choices uh, and things like that because they are learning how to um, respond to what they're thinking and feeling versus being like super reactionary. Um, So, and then you have other students whose they'll experience things I will never have experienced in my life. And they're so adult in some areas, but you know, they, they need the time and attention to be able to round out, like, how do I be successful academically? Um, and so it's, it's a whirlwind, I would say a middle school age group is a whirlwind. And a middle school student is a brilliant, creative individual who can still see opportunity, and is willing to try many different things and want to move and um, want to talk and just really curious uh, individuals Mm. um, that want to know more about life. Like, why this? Why that? Okay, well, let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to to think of it. Um, and, And so before, you know, I hit the record button, we were talking a little bit about how I imagine the skills that you're teaching are what a classroom teacher would want to be able to stop a class and talk about, you know, look what just happened there or how are we all feeling about this? But, but they can't because they have, that's not their goal for their class. Right. But, but this program, um, that's what, it, that that's what it's for. Right. Um, tell me what a day, like one class is about, like, like let's take a sixth grade, um, okay. you know, um, what's, what was today like? What's tomorrow? What was yesterday like? We normally start out with maybe roughly five minutes of some form of breathing strategy, um, whether it's equal parts breathing, box breathing. Um, I do something called finger press release, which is kind of focusing their energy, like whether it's excitement energy, nervous energy into just like their hands um, to give them a different focus and kind of teach them that you can check in with yourself, you can, you know, regulate your emotions to to use that term, self-regulation. So we take about five minutes to talk about self-regulation and to practice it, sometimes 10 minutes, it depends on if a conversation happens out of it or not. Um, Right now for a sixth grade class, we are taking a look at conflict resolution and really focusing on the difference between solution and resolution and how do you know in situations when a situation has been resolved you know and they're like well you feel better or you know you're a little bit more happier or you're talking again or whatever the conflict is that that Mm. students have sure and and when we say conflict we could even so when i did my episode on the stem program in the middle school one of the things that 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 teacher heard from the high school was a collaboration was something that, that their high schoolers hadn't been taught yet, you know, that they didn't know how to solve a problem in a group if someone else didn't 
uh, had a different opinion about what they should do next. And it sounds like that is part of those skills that you're, you're helping teach. Absolutely. And it's practice. And uh, to get them into the situation to actually experience what are you thinking? What are you feeling? How would you respond? How do you want to respond versus react even? Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's really important that we create that situation and experience in the classroom so then they can ask questions or we can get feedback. Mm -hmm. Okay, what do you do? Like this made me really angry. Okay, yep. Or it made me quick to anger. Great recognition. What do you do with that? And so we have those discussions, how how you problem solve and invite everybody in. Mm. And that I'm sure that extends to the lunchroom or dismissal or whatever, because I don't want to minimize that our kids don't have conflict. We know they do. Mm -hmm. So um, I imagine that, yeah, they can be applied to the classroom and outside of the classroom. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're they're life skills. Mm -hmm. It's how do you create a healthy interaction and transaction with the people around you in good positive energy exchange Mm. uh, to create benefit for all. It just occurred to me, uh, are your classes in the morning? Because it seems like a very morning thing to do. I wish. Oh, yeah, they're not. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. I have two seventh grade classes right away in the morning. And then uh, I have eighth grade in the middle, two classes. And I actually teach four total because I have them every other day. Mm-hmm. And then two sixth grade classes at the end of the day. And then they switch, six and seven switch at quarter. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. a big So you see it production. from the beginning then. So some kids who come in relaxed or, or excited, ready to start the day, and then maybe burned out at the end of the day. Uh, so, so I imagine that feeds right into what you're trying to show, teach. Absolutely. Um, the sixth graders that I have at the end of the day, a lot of them will say, I really like having this at the end of the day because then I'm calm like when I leave school. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's, it's really good to talk about that, but it's also good to have it in the morning. It's also good to have it in the middle because that's how life works, mm. right? You can't just like lay down in the middle of the floor and you know when you're working to like do breathing exercises or talk about things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's teaching them like, okay, even if it or when it happens throughout the day, like is it possible? Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Let's let's show you. Um, in the classroom setting, like even as a language arts teacher, you know, I would have to take time to you know help students get to a healthy mindset but I couldn't get to a total place of that, right? So in order to offer that to them, to teach them things, it's really important to have the space to do that. Sure, sure. Yeah, and I imagine it does save time um, elsewhere, you mm-hmm. know, and and to know that... That's the goal, but... Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Well, and when you're collaborating with your your colleagues, mm-hmm. they know, they, I'm sure, know some of the strategies that you're teaching so that when they they mention it, they know that the kids know what they're talking about. So like, how are we, how are we going to resolve this conflict? You know, and that might, those keywords might just help students engage those skills where they don't have to stop and teach the whole, whole skill. Yeah. And I think that's where we're going this year too. Um, considering that we've only been developing it for like half a year. Now I can actually say, Hey, this is what we're doing. Even though we had a rough draft Mm -hmm. of what we wanted to do it's really developed nicely building on top of one another so now I can you know say to the sixth grade teachers here's what we're teaching or to um, the school so that they know in sixth they did this seventh they did this eighth grade they're doing this Um, so that that will be probably in a faculty meeting coming up 
Sure. Yeah. And uh, so I've been talking a lot in our podcast about these professional learning community ideas where collaboration comes in. And mm-hmm. the, I think that's probably an example of, you know, the, the collaboration that is needed between grades, between subjects, yeah. you know. Absolutely. I have envisions of maybe having an anchor chart in every classroom of different coping strategies um, because we talk about that in every single age group. Mm-hmm. And um, just to have that reminder in a classroom um, is so important. And, you know, you have some teachers that create their peace corner, things like that, that this can be in addition to, hey, I know all of you have done this. Mm-hmm. Like, which one works for you? Because that that's one of my main questions. Here you go. Here's your list of seven. Which one do you want to try? You know, and I have students play with those. You know, here's, here, you're upset. Try coloring with mandala a little bit. They'll tell me, okay, but I've tried it for 15 minutes. It really isn't working. Can I do physical movement? Yes, thank you. Thank you for offering strategies. Thank you for using your mind to tell me what you need. And that's what we need, you know, is is to teach them to express what they need. Sure, this, I guess we could see this if we're thinking of tra- maybe more traditional classes in school. Uh, is a, a physical education class where you experience play all the sports and try to figure out which one you like the most for Absolutely. your for lifelong physical health, mm-hmm. right? Um, kind of the same ideas. You'd mentioned it before about giving them a, a, a just an experience of coping strategies to find what fits them mm-hmm. um what's the feedback you've been getting um do you get kids that check out and just don't participate or you know is yeah how did they react to it they've never had a class like this for the most part it's i find it fairly positive um and it's really beautiful when you actually have a student that has a rough day mm-hmm. because you say okay here's the practice Like, here's what we've been doing. Let's take a look at this, you know, and then they normally come back even more positive to say, yep, this is what has worked for me. This is what doesn't work for me. You know, and I always tell them, you're not going to hurt my feelings if you tell me that something doesn't work for you. Like, don't do something because I'm technically telling you to do it. Do it because it works for you. And so I think they like that freedom uh, because it gives them that power of choice and they learn about themselves. So I get much positive feedback. A lot of times um, there's some, you know, obviously you have students in any year that need additional support. And once we get that rolling, we have a more positive turnaround as well. Sure. How about how about parents? Have you heard that it's working? M- most of the time when I tell them about it, <laughs> they're like, can I take it? <laughs> uh, because it, it's something that doesn't stop, yeah. right? It's yeah. it's a constant process. And so the earlier you can introduce this to them, I would think the more successful they would be in the future in trying to figure out ways and strategies to resolve issues and problems. Because a lot of these things I didn't know about mm. until mm-hmm. like high school, college, and sometimes even after college. And I'm like, why didn't anybody tell me this before? You know, and that's kind of what this class is too. Like, okay, let's talk about the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I was going to say it's um, maybe self-evident, but how does this translate into the world of work, right? Because we talk a lot about career technical experience where you're giving people hands-on skills in the high school that walk across the stage and into a job. But um I know that uh, when I have a failure at work or something like that, I uh, have to f- 
acknowledge that, you know, and just kind of not put it aside, but I have my own coping strategies. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, how does it, how does that translate into the work world? Sure. Um, it's teaching them how you can find pause. So if there is a problem at work, and we, and we talk about this, we practice this, like if you recognize emotions are getting high, what are options in that particular moment? What can you do? What are your choices? And we make a list of what those are. They make a coping plan strategy. Uh, they make uh, like um, preventative management. Okay, if I come into a situation like this, here are three options I can do to try to solve a problem um, or to resolve a problem. And um, so it teaches them that there is a way. It can be a plan. Um, And then if it doesn't work, that there's other options to try again. Um, So failure really isn't an option because there's always try again. You know, and that even in situations, sometimes the option is, is you need to change your situation, you know. And so that translates in that way. What's the process? What does this look like for you? Okay, what do you know about yourself? You know, are you okay staying in a situation? Do you need to take a break? When are you ready to come back? All of those different things. So it's really doing that Mm self-study, understanding yourself, and then taking a look at other people and what do they need and how do you work on that together? Sure. Kind of looking back, um, so, so the last episode was on reading and how we constantly adjust how what we learn about reading based on data and science uh, to adjust how we teach reading. Um, it just occurred to me that nobody ever taught me a coping skill. And so I probably had to crash into some walls. And luckily, that I didn't lose a job or a relationship based on this these mm-hmm. skills that I found on my own. But we all just learned from watching our parents or uh, other, you know, role models uh, in the world. But, but we didn't get a range. We just saw what what they did and thought that's how you solve a problem. Right. And a lot of times even parents are, you know, they respond, like even for myself, like, yep, like I recognize like this is something I need to work on, right? And so they want to teach their their children like how to, how to respond appropriately. Like I know I do this. I don't want you to do that, you know, but I agree with that, that there is a part to learning through experience. There is a part to learning from the habits and behaviors from others around us. And also to recognize, I always use the word healthy, like what's healthy for a situation and beneficial and what's unhealthy for a situation um, and which is the best option uh, for yourself as well as for other people. Um, so through the studies, and and there's a lot more studies out there now, Um, a lot more um, ideas of how to teach these things, how to teach about fear, how to teach about anxiety, Um, what are the body's natural responses, what happens when you have those, how do you work through that, where can you find help. Um, Those are all things I had to find out on my own in many situations. But I also had, you know, my own parents to kind of help and guide too. So you can't like detach it. It's, It's all one unit. You know, and and we kind of can take a look at that as a whole to to be successful. Yeah. What did you learn that worked really well from, you know, your family experience? Mm-hmm. Um, what are you learning from class? What works for you? You know, so you can fly after that on your own. Sure, 
sure. I, so I've talked to a parent of an elementary school student. I don't think they've made it to the middle school yet. But they, because uh, some of these coping strategies are being used in the elementary school too. Mm-hmm. I, I know everyday Lakeview students uh, take a minute and take three t- three deep breaths mm-hmm. and then are reminded that they could do this anytime during the day if they need to, to just refocus and to, to get over you know, the struggle they're, they're mm-hmm. facing. But, um, anyway, that parent had said, uh, their child struggles with, um, you know, attention deficit problems yeah. and that she sees them coming home where they might start getting in a fight with their sister and then both of them stop and just take a breath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she, she was just very thankful for it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And it all comes down honestly to breath. I mean, yeah. it really does. If if you can get those three deep breaths and if you can, and we're, I was having this conversation with students this morning and I'm like, look, you don't have to do this for 20 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. You know, find a time that works for you. Two minutes, three minutes, one minute. Anything is beneficial so that you can always, uh, it's almost like basketball, right? The more you do the drills, the more you practice layups, all of these different things, the more you're ready to make that shot. Mm-hmm. And it's the same function here. You know, return, return, practice, practice, so that when you come into these situations, you're like, okay, I know what I need. I also have some students, when I used to do door duty after school, I'd have students come up and be like, like I had one student, it was awesome. He, uh, he's like, oh, I was like really stressing out about math tests, and then I breathed, and it really worked. And then he like ran out the door, and I was like... <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that's you know, a thank win. You. If you can get that from a middle schooler <laughs> yeah. to admit that something they learned helped. Yeah. yeah. That, that's and it's so deal. different for them that when they come into class having never had this before, they're like, what is this? Mm-hmm. You know, and then the more comfortable they, they recognize, like, the benefits of it. Sure. I've, I've found so now that so the STEM program is brand new, mm-hmm. you know, in STEM, science, technology, engineering and math. Um, stretches their brains in a way that they're not used to, mm-hmm. you know? And so the students I talked to in that class briefly were like admitted that they felt a little lost, you know, it was mm-hmm. a little bit of a lot <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to struggle with. And it's, you know, that too, that same experience where, um, well, not we, you guys are really just pulling at um, some of the bounds of, of learning a little mm-hmm. further than, maybe what they had perceived before that. Oh, absolutely. And and you can see the stretch and the growth. You can also see shutdown, mm-hmm. you know, where it's uncomfortable sometimes because they're not used to something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you teach them in pieces, bits and pieces and layers, just mm-hmm. like you do with the spiral with language arts or any other type of subject. And you build upon each thing, hence foundations for success. Yeah, yeah. and And so... This can't be like you got you got an A in foundations for success. How do you, how how do you how do you be successful in your class? So part of it is participation. Obviously, you don't know if something's going to work unless you you go through with it. But there there's activities. There's daily exit slips, uh, whether it's reflective responses or just answering questions of what they're seeing and what they're observing. If it's something that we're watching, something that we're studying, mm-hmm. um, they do projects of bringing all of these things together, like the seventh grade is doing uh, a book on emotions on Book Creator, Um, bringing in, like, they're picking a particular emotion that they're curious about, Mm -hmm. uh, doing research on it, uh, finding out, like, what's definitions of it, when might people experience this, what are coping strategies for it. So you can check off boxes, you know, Mm -hmm. and say, okay, 
you know, they're finding coping strategies. They're, you know, all of those different things of self-care. Um, so there's criteria. Sure. But within the scheme of, um, you know, understanding yourself, it's just, what are you understanding? You know, if you turn in a blank sheet of paper, well, let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's get something down in here. Like, where's the struggle? And for the most part, I mean, most of the individuals complete the work. Sure. So um, big picture, when a, when a student is done sixth grade, seventh grade, and eighth grade, what do you hope they take away from it? Gosh, I hope, my hope is that they understand that they're resilient individuals, that they have everything they need within them to figure out what they need, and that they don't have to solve everything on their own, and that they have circles of support, whether it's close to them, outside of them, and sometimes it might mean reaching out further, you know, whether therapy, whether counseling, uh, whether some form of community, like I'm a part of a, the Heart Revival Yoga Center. Mm-hmm. Um, I meet every Monday night with a group um, and it, it helps me stay functional like in my daily life. And to know that those things are healthy um, and to really, for myself even, make sure I keep practicing these things because I want to live by example. And I want them to follow positive examples um, of what this can look like and that you can be kind. You can still be effective. You know, you don't always have to be violent about certain things or explosive. And that the most beneficial way is to treat yourself with compassion as well as other people. Mm. That's where success is. Great. Well, thank you. I, what's, I think that's a great place to stop. <laughs> well, Heidi Nehring is the teacher for our Foundations for Success class uh, at the middle school. It's a new program this year. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. I hope it gave you a deeper understanding of the work that's happening in our schools. If you have a question you think should be answered on an upcoming podcast, email us at info at sdsm.k12.wi.us. And make sure you RSVP for Picking Up Steam, our celebration of science, technology, engineering, arts, and math in our schools. We're having that on February 10th from 5 to 7 p.m. at the high school. Traditionally, we celebrate all things literary during this celebration, and we'd hold our annual arts show. This year, we're expanding our focus from the arts to the intersection of all those disciplines. The main event is a wacky science show, and there'll be plenty of hands-on activities for children and adults, including food offerings from our nutrition services. It's a great annual tradition that includes the whole community. Save the date for picking up steam, February 10th from 5 to 7 in the high school. A big thank you to our guest, Heidi Nehring, and to middle schooler, Trista, for our introduction. The SMA podcast is a production of the School District of South Milwaukee. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. This has been the SMA podcast. We'll see you next time.